0: So really, we had the right idea when we were nine and we had Nokias. Because Nokias are known for being indestructible. They
1: will survive the apocalypse. We really need a better intro. This podcast always just starts with me and Beth looking at each other going, do you want to Shall I?
0: Like, who's going to speak first? I love it because we've already had like an hour conversation at this point, and then we just look at each other and go, "Oh, should should probably start. Should probably start." Hi everyone. Sorry for the wee little break. Had a few little technical difficulties, but we are we are back. We are looking forward to talking about all things sustainable once again. Marie, catch everyone up on what you've been up to what we've been up to, because we saw each other recently, fairly recently.
1: Yeah, Beth and I were once again in the same country and once again we did no work. Of, of course. I do find it hilarious that like people go on holiday to get away from their colleagues and we go on holiday to see each other.
0: You're the one colleague I'd want to see all the time. Although not when we're walking for nine hours straight. And when I say walking, I mean going up a mountain and it's just steep steps. For nine hours. I think maybe I'd rather work. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was not nine hours straight up. It was five hours up, four hours down. Me and Marie went to Madeira together for a hiking holiday, which was the most amazing place I've ever been. If you've never been to Madeira, it's beautiful. The landscape's beautiful, loads of lovely waterfalls, natural features. It's amazing. And a lot of people go there to hike. And on, I think the second day of us being there, we thought, right, yeah, let's take on the highest peak in Madeira. And within five minutes of starting the hike, it was step, step, steps. And I was already out of breath. And then Marie tells me, well, this is the whole hike, the whole hike is steps, which was incredible i think my calf still hurt they have not recovered at all but we did it and it's definitely one i don't know about you marie but it's one of my proudest moments of us getting up all them the steps of doom as we called it and we got up all them steps and we got to the top and were rewarded with the most amazing view it was a great experience we had such a laugh would we'll definitely do it again, but would maybe want to do some more training first. I don't think I would ever do that
1: route again. Still recovering. Because it was like one of those moments where we were walking, 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 and we were walking for hours, and it doesn't seem like we were making progress. The mountain was still quite high up in front of us, and I'm just like, how are we going to get up there? Like, how? This is not going to be possible. But no, like, we got to the top eventually.
0: It was amazing. But actually... Before you get in there, Marie, this leads me on to my my sustainable fail. Me and Marie get to the top of the peak and unfortunately we're out of water. We're really thirsty. We're really hungry. And what I thought was a mirage wasn't. It was actually a little shop that sold like drinks and food and everything. I don't know how they got it all the way up to the top of the peak because the peak's what 1800 meters above sea level or something like that but at this point we were about to get feral so we needed we needed water it was like perish or cheetos and i really wanted cheetos so we got like five or six plastic bottles of water and then all the crisps stuffed our face and then what do we see in front of us there's a refill station at the top of the peak and we're like this is the biggest sustainable sin ever but i think people would understand after walking for like four or five hours at that point it was survival but yeah I remember looking at your face I was gutted for us because we we, you'd even bought a few extra reusable bottles with you as well like absolutely gutted we saw all these groups of tourists getting their reusable bottles out and we were like oh we're a sham Yeah,
1: but uh, to be honest, I think the most painful thing about that was the price because in all the other previous like rest stops, there was proper sandwiches and quiches and we still paid less than we paid up there. We paid 23 euros for water,
0: 7-Up, Coke and a packet of crisps. I love how unforgiving you are of the fact that this was 1,800 meters above sea level, but where was my quiche? In the
1: places that served a quiche, we paid like 25 for proper food, and we paid 23 euros for junk food, and it was so expensive. I still can't get over that price. And then the fact that, yeah, we didn't need to buy the water
0: it was amazing if anyone's really into hiking or just wants to go somewhere beautiful i'd really recommend it i i've done like a few hikes in my time but i've got such a new appreciation for it and i loved that we had everything we needed on our backs and it was just walking it it, and you're rewarded with a lovely view it's it's brilliant anyway marie do you have any sustainable wins or fails that you have built up while we have been away
1: So this one is actually quite a few years old, and it falls in between. But because it's actually quite relevant to this week's theme, and I'm also kind of proud of this, about a few years back, middle of the pandemic, something very strange happened to my phone. I am not a technology wizard. I thought I did something I thought I dropped it. But basically my phone looked pregnant. I kind of ignored it thinking I just fucked up and did something
0: wait hang on how did your phone look pregnant i'll get to that okay i'm just there's a very weird mental image in my head but go on i kind of just ignored it and then
1: i saw my brother and his girlfriend and i had my phone out and they kind of looked at me and they were like dude what the fuck is up with your phone and i'm like oh i don't know i think i may have broken the screen and they're like no 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 no. your battery has expanded that's really dangerous you need to uh, like have that looked at and i was just like oh fuck what now and because this was peak pandemic i had only been in portugal for a few months my portuguese wasn't the best I had no idea where to go to fix this phone. I didn't have money to fix this phone. Ignored it for a time, but then realized, no, my brother was like, no, 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 don't ignore this. Your battery is like literally about to explode. And, and I was just like, oh, okay, fun. That's terrifying. I've never seen that happen before. Apparently lithium ion batteries can expand. And yeah, so that's how my phone looked pregnant because the battery expanded and just pushed the screen outwards. I did research. I discovered that my phone itself is actually quite easy to fix. I also discovered that the battery was actually not that expensive and then I watched a couple of YouTube videos and thought to myself I could do this so I bought all of the equipment I bought a new battery I watched the YouTube video quite a few times and I set off to gut my phone and replace the battery I was semi-successful the battery the new battery worked But in the process, because the battery was expanded, extracting the battery was a little bit harder, and I actually panicked and skipped a step. And in the process of me extracting the battery, I had severed the LCD flex cable that connected the screen to the phone, and the screen no longer worked. But the battery is fine. (laughs) so like it technically works but you can't use it (laughs) it technically worked and I needed to replace the screen anyway because the screen was completely bent I just thought I could use it while I was saving up for a replacement screen that did not work so I did have to send it off in the end to prayer service and they did not say one
0: thing about the battery So I think I did a good job. That's amazing. That's like good on you for going and doing that and giving it a try. I feel like not a lot of people would go and do that. Especially like if I saw like a massive bump on my phone, I'd probably like throw it as far as I can. Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome to Two Girls, One Reusable Cup, your sustainable support group, where we navigate the disaster and dance of living a low-waste lifestyle in your 20s. I'm Marie, and as always, I'm joined by the lovely Beth. Hello. In 2023, around 4 billion people are using smartphones globally, me and Beth included. In 2024, this figure is suspected to surpass 5 billion.
0: Out of curiosity, Marie, how many phones do you think you've had since getting your first phone? I've had, let's see, I got my first phone very young. Not a
1: smartphone, it was a Motorola that still had an antenna sticking out of it. Retro, I
0: love it. It was a phone that my dad found on the street while running. Oh, that's the most sustainable thing you could do. You were doing sustainability before we did this podcast.
1: Oh no, other than two, all of my other phones have been secondhand. So yeah, I started off with a m- Motorola, which I got when I was still in first class. The reason for this is my dad had a habit of forgetting to pick me up from school. And I had to go into the office and always go, Could you please call my dad? Uh, He hasn't picked me up from school yet. So to avoid this happening, my dad gave me that phone. So instead of going to the office, I could just call him. So that was the story about my first phone. So I had that one, I think for about a couple of years then it got replaced by my dad's old nokia which was one of those push-up ones where you press the two sides up then it got replaced by another nokia which was push-up again used to belong to my dad uh, but he refurbished it and gave like a new casing then it got replaced by a- another nokia that one i had till university i don't know if you remember was it. it purple i remember your nokia yes This was, by the way, when I was 19. I was the only one in uni that did not have a smartphone. I was the only one in school, to be honest, that did not have a smartphone. The only reason... I changed to a smartphone is while we were at university, it was required for us to take progress photos of our work. And my camera that I had was either always full at a battery. I forgot the SIM card and I always had to ask people around me, could you please take Photos of my work and send them to me. So that was very inconvenient. So then that got replaced by a Sony. That did not have a long lifespan. So then the Sony actually, I'm pretty sure because uh got like it it didn't have a long lifespan. It uh uh it broke halfway through, and I'm ninety-nine percent sure it got stolen but because it was such a crappy phone and i never used it 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 yeah it just disappeared i'm pretty sure someone snuck into the fashion studio and took it
0: gosh you've not had much luck with phones have you and then
1: i for a brief time bought yeah another nokia but this time it was a smartphone i used that temporarily because i knew my dad was getting me a new phone but my dad himself really needed a new phone so this was actually also another topic for another day but this was the only time i ever bought something in cyber monday i bought that phone during like the cyber monday sales like used it till christmas where i knew i was getting a new phone and then like factory resetted it and gave it to my dad for christmas which he did not expect and then i had my hawaii for a while that was the one with the expanded battery
0: one that got impregnated (laughs)
1: the one that got impregnated still use that phone today except for the fact that Hawaii is owned by China and they got into a fight with Google and now Google is no longer sending updates to the phone and I can no longer use it because all my apps are out of date and then I got the iPhone which was my mom's old one so barring two all of my phones have been secondhand so eight phones in total but only two of them ever been bought new and only three of them have been smartphones that was quite the
0: story and it also I think reveals a lot about our age the fact that we haven't necessarily grown up with smartphones we had the slidey ones with the keyboard, which arguably I think were way more fun than smartphones now. Smartphones now are just like rectangles. We had like, we had bling. We had all different shapes. We had all different colors. It was great. Like I won't go through like my whole phone history, but I had, um, I started off with classic Nokia and I think it was a flip. And I remember it had like a rainbow light on it, which is super cool. And obviously I only had it for snakes, which every other nine-year-old had the phone for. so nine years old rocking uh nokia st- snakes and then i, I oh gosh I, the phones back then had some really weird names like i remember i think i had an lg chocolate and I think I only got it because I like the sound of the name. Oh, the LGs, yeah. The LGs. I couldn't do an LG now. Various flip phones. I think I had the Motorola Razor, which was the big one in the UK. Like the metallic pink one that everyone wanted. It was great.
1: That was what everyone had when I had the Motorola with the antenna. Like this is true. Like the Motorola... I'm not that old. Motorola phone with the antenna is
0: like was old already at the time. I was going to say if it had an antenna... I love the antennas. I I miss old phones. They were so much more quirky. Yeah, I had that. Oh, and actually, my favourite phone, and I will have, I'd have this now, was my BlackBerry Curve. So Blackberries notoriously have all the the tiny qwerty keyboard, and I could type on that so quick. I miss a keyboard. I miss the buttons. Um, but that was my all time favourite phone. And then I think I had iPhone. So maybe a few more than your you. Maybe I've had ten or eleven. Mine had have been recently mine have been secondhand or like they've been passed down in my family but when i was younger they were new but yeah it's weird to see how phones have changed and i guess we use them for very different reasons when we were younger either calling your dad to pick you up from school or playing nokia snakes and obviously phones have come a long way we use them for different reasons now but um the point still stands is we as individuals get through a lot of phones and i think that's even more now because there's new upgrades every year and things become obsolete we've said the history of our phones what is the actual history of the
1: smartphone yeah see like i think i think to be honest i think we've already kind of covered it you all like know that i love to go into history and i love to like research stuff but i found myself writing out history of the iphone and then realized i don't need to research this i was there I remember the iPhone coming out I was 10 the iPhone came out in 2007 the generations that came after us don't realize how much this piece of technology has like revolutionized everything like sometimes for the best but sometimes for the worst I mean if you think about it like it it has created jobs influencers wouldn't exist if the smartphone didn't exist. Uber drivers, Uber or any sort of delivery service would not exist if it weren't for the smartphone. You and I are basing our entire future career on the fact that people can listen to us whenever, wherever they want and can instantly interact with us. No denying it is an amazing piece of technology. But then we need to ask ourselves, what are the environmental consequences of the glowing rectangle we all worship? So manufacture accounts for almost all of a smartphone's carbon footprint in its first year of use, with 95% of carbon emissions coming from manufacturing process, including extraction of raw material and
0: shipping. And oh gosh, there must be so many different materials that go in just to one phone And pretty sure they're not all from the same place either. So shipping, especially, must be massive in terms of emissions.
1: The bulk of smartphone emissions come from new devices. A brand new smartphone generates an average of 85 kilograms
0: of emissions in its first year of use. That's a lot more than I thought, actually. And that's just based on the manufacturing of it. I did not know this,
1: but the average smartphone is composed of 70 chemical elements, give or take.
0: That's so... considering like how good smartphones have got to the point they're so sleek and thin and like small, you wouldn't think so much goes into it. The LCD displays
1: have glass, plastic, and they're made of liquid crystalline. Circuit boards could be composed of copper, gold, lead, silver, palladium. The rechargeable batteries are made out of lithium and cobalt. These elements can be divided into groups. Two of the most critical being rare elements and precious metals. Rare earth elements are a section of 17 elements that are actually common in the earth's crust. They can be found across the world, but in very low concentration. These elements have a huge range of magnetic, phosphorus, and conductive properties that make it crucial for modern technology. Extracting those elements from the earth is linked to alarming environmental impacts. Rare earth elements can often be found in many areas, but it is not economically feasible to extract them due to low concentration. Extracting them requires a method called open-pit mining, a process that exposes large areas of land open pit mining is the most common method used throughout the world for mineral mining and does not require extractive methods like tunnels the form of mining destroys huge areas of natural habitats and causes air and water pollution threatening the health of nearby communities
0: i find this incredible just I think based on how we treat smartphones, they're almost like technology is almost like fast fashion now. It it feels so throwaway because, you know, the next model comes out next year. You can always like that a lot more smartphones now cost-wise are a bit more accessible. You can just easily replace your phone. So actually you talking about the precious metals and these rare elements that are in phones, just like is mad to me because it gives the phone smartphones a bit more value than i think people realize and i think if there's more value to it you might want to look after it more whereas like i don't know you i personally don't but it's so easy just to throw your phone around the screen gets cracked you might repair it we might just go get another phone because the iphone 5000's out next year so why not let's just upgrade um or my phone contract runs out but yeah it's it's weird you saying these rare elements, these precious elements in just my day-to-day smartphone that's right next to me that I just see as just, I don't know. Yeah, I just just think it's um, amazing putting it into that context.
1: Yeah, you wouldn't think that gold would be in your smartphone. Absolutely,
0: all that these elements are now incredibly rare and that it takes so much resource to just get like, I don't know how much of Like, for example, gold is in a phone, but I'm guessing not lots. But the effort it's taken to mine for that element to then get a tiny bit to put in your phone is insane.
1: And it's not just gold. Copper, silver, palladium, aluminium, platinum, tungsten, tin, lead, magnesium, lithium, silica, and potassium are all elements that can be found in your smartphone.
0: Oh, it's like a vitamin tablet.
1: (laughs) All of these elements have been associated with habitat destruction as well as air and water pollution. Mining also leads to large-scale human and animal displacement to make way for industrial operations and is associated frequently with poor working conditions for laborers. All of these elements are limited, so at
0: one point or another, they will run out. Which is quite interesting as well because... There's the whole thing now of young people can't live without their phones. But how the world works now, there's a lot of countries that I'm not sure could function very well without phones. They're an integral part of society now. It's, it's mad. Yet there's no, I certainly haven't heard much talk about solutions to when, you know, these metals do run out.
1: It's not a conversation at all that people are having. Like I was surprised to find that all of these elements make up a phone, like are in our phones in the first place. So that is also one thing to like keep in mind. So yeah, they're not infinite and they will run out.
0: So really, we had the right idea when we were nine and we had Nokias. Because Nokias are known for being indestructible. They will survive the apocalypse. We sh- they're like cockroaches. We should have just all kept our Nokias, kept playing Nokia snakes fine everyone just has a nokia forever there we go i've solved the episode you don't have to listen anymore that's the answer just get a nokia find your own your old nokia and your drawer full of old tech fish it out play some snakes jobs are good in so marie i think the part of the phone that people probably know the most is that they all have batteries like most electronics can you tell us anything about the the battery and how that's made all phones
1: use a lithium ion or a lithium polymer battery in fact lithium ion batteries are at the forefront of today's technology electric cars being one of them and as we are slowly moving to clean energy the environmental impact of finding the lithium required could become
0: a major issue in itself that's massive though because like you said most of our technology especially technology that is rechargeable which is most things now will have this sort of battery what do we do when we don't have that material anymore that's going to cause loads of problems
1: exactly so demand for lithium has increased exponentially over the last few years and it has doubled in price it is a growing industry the market for lithium-ion batteries is projected by the industry to grow to a hundred billion dollars by 2025. lithium-ion technology has its downsides for people and the planet extracting the raw materials mainly lithium and cobalt, both used in our smartphone batteries requires large quantities of energy and water. Let's start with the lithium. The majority of the world's lithium is located in South America, known as the lithium triangle, which covers parts of Argentina, Bolivia, and Chile, which holds more than half of the world's supply of lithium beneath its salt flats. The biggest problem here is water because it also is one of the driest places on earth.
0: Which is crazy, you don't want to be using... It's mad that they are using water and prioritizing that rather than water for water's sake.
1: It is a real issue because to extract the lithium, miners start by drilling holes in the salt flats, and then pumping out this salty, mineral-rich brine to the surface. Then they leave it to evaporate for months at a time, first creating a mixture of magnesium, potassium, borax, and lithium salts, which are then filtered and placed in another evaporation pool, and so on. After between 12 and 18 months, the mixture has been filtered enough that the lithium carbonate can be extracted. So it's also not just water intensive it is also time intensive.
0: It's a long old process. I didn't realize like there's all this extraction and stuff just for one battery for your smartphone which the majority are not like Marie and won't replace not cuz people don't want to but they're not able to. So it's just a throw it's a lot it's a lot to throw away after all of the The manufacturing process, the shipping, everything, which is crazy. It is crazy. And I would not think that looking at my phone.
1: Yeah, and as you pointed out, like bringing in water at a place that water is already scarce is having a big impact on local farmers who grow quinoa and herd llamas in an area where some communities already have to have water driven in from elsewhere. 500,000 gallons of water per one un of lithium. That's crazy. <laughs> in Chile, mining activities have consumed 65% of the region's water in an area where water is already scarce.
0: It's very backwards, completely backwards, all just for one little battery.
1: And the rest of the world's lithium can be found in Australia or North America. Lithium is there mined in more conventional ways, but it still requires the use of chemicals in order to extract it in its useful form. Research in Nevada has found impact on fish as far as 150 miles, approximately 241 kilometers, downstream from lithium-ion processing operations.
0: The scary thing is as well is demand for smartphones, phones in general, is just increasing as it becomes more accessible and more of a need to have smartphone in this day and age so this isn't going to slow down at all it's not a case of right guys stop buying smartphones it's not going to happen we can't a lot of us struggle to survive without a phone now
1: yeah and it's not just smartphones as we said lithium-ion batteries the need for there is everywhere for example electric cars and this is a whole other episode in itself but that's the main issue with electric cars that they require lithium-ion batteries to run so it's not just phones we have built an over reliance on this technology and once again they have there are some startups in the works of trying to replace lithium-ion batteries but they're all still in its very early stages and still not feasible at this moment in time as of recording this episode
0: i'm surprised to learn that a lot of these are startups and they're in their infancy because this is a problem that's been going on for a long time we've not just gone hey actually this is not brilliant on the planet all the people people But yet, we're only starting to wake up to the consequences now.
1: Yeah, but that's the definition of everything that humans do. Act now, think about the consequences later. Like, oh, great, we found this new material that can recharge batteries. Great. Not thinking, what happens if we run out? Or how does this affect local communities? It's always do now, don't even think
0: later. It's the plastic crisis all over again. Wow, this material is really durable. It doesn't break down. That's great. Oh, no. And so the other element that is
1: found in our batteries is cobalt. Now, cobalt can only be found in one place on Earth, and that is the Democratic Republic of Congo and hardly anywhere else. In a country where people earn an average of less than $1,200 annually, the world's demand for cobalt has attracted thousands of individuals and small businesses called artisanal miners and a lot of this is child labor with unsafe working practices which are prevalent in this industry
0: it's that same story we're hearing again um talking about the fashion industry and i think again it's quite common knowledge that that happens within the fashion industry but not as much with other things that are mined manufactured etc
1: i mean yeah a lot of people think child labor is just has been abolished and it's not a thing and that is by far the opposite so children as young as seven could be working in these mines
0: i think it's mad as well that again it's that reliance on that one material and especially cobalt only coming from one place really in the world it does not make any sense all of this is incredible though i genuinely never thought all of this went into just my smartphone my everyday thing i use kind of the
1: reason why we started the podcast it's like we've all accepted we've accepted all this stuff into our lives but we never really think of how does it affect people or planet it's just not i want to say an oversight once again it's just how we are we get thrown all this amazing technology our way and we're saying oh great and it has improved our lives and for the better or for the worse as i said kind of the through line of this episode and of the podcast it's always this it's too good to be true narrative
0: absolutely it's all very out of sight out of mind and unless kind of like us we do our digging you you would not be aware of this but speaking of out of sight out of mind we've talked a lot about how phones are manufactured and how all the elements that make up a phone are extracted what about when um, my phone no longer works i want a new phone what happens kind of end of life with these because i think this is something more people are talking about is tech recycling or you know upcycling or whatever how what do we do when we are finished with our smartphones because smartphones especially iphones they do give up after a few years they've only got so much life in them and we have to get a new phone.
1: Well, we don't. That's another narrative that we've been fed. But anyway, let's start with our old nemesis, recycling. I was actually surprised to learn this. Up to 80% of a phone is actually recyclable.
0: That's crazy. That Especially from what you've just said with over 70 different elements in a phone. And as we've kind of talked about before when we've talked about recycling, the more kind of materials in something that combine, the harder it is to recycle. So that's, that's, yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Don't get too excited.
1: Remember, I said can. Be recycled you always do this <laughs> reusing materials means less reliance on mining as we've discussed which is an incredible carbon intensive activity several elements of the phone can be reused so tin can be reused for circuit boards cobalt for the batteries aluminum for the enclosures technology now exists to even reuse the rare earth metals which up to a few years ago was impossible
0: this is fantastic this is so good But like, I don't know many people who do this or many places. There's more places now that offer to recycle your own old like tech and phones. But it's not as common as it should be if you're saying it's quite easy to do. Not saying easy. It's doable.
1: It's doable. That's the thing. Technology now exists to even reuse the rare earth metals, which wasn't considered commercially viable uh, because it's in such a small amount. So for every million smartphone recycled, we can recover 35,274 pounds of copper, 772 pounds of silver, 75 pounds of gold, and 33 pounds of palladium. Metals can be reused in automotive parts and jewelry. Plastic can be used in garden furniture. So once again, it's not this narrative of recycling. It will become parts of a phone again. It will be used in other areas, in other industries.
0: The better thing with this is more of the materials of the one thing are being recycled rather than parts of a material can be recycled, but the other parts can't. It's not like we have to wash out and then replace cap and do all and let it dry and all that kind of stuff. Like it's easy to take apart. Which again, why is it? Why aren't more of our phones being recycled? Because it seems more doable than most of the other recycling initiatives we have
1: oh well uh You know, there's a butt coming. That is, ah, oh, the butt of the episode. Yeah. So the drawbacks to recycling: taking apart a phone is extremely labor-intensive, even though it leads to profit. This is why e-waste recycling systems comes with a lot of scrutiny. And once again, most of our e-waste is exported where labor is cheap and working conditions are poor. Massive workforces, often made up of women and children, who are underpaid and lack the training to safely dispose phones and can be exposed to toxic elements such as lead and mercury which can permanently damage their nervous system
0: because look at all the different elements in your phone they're not safe and especially if these phones are end of life or in worse condition it's the, it's the same thing again like with um cloves as we saw with um our cantamanto episode that kind of mountains of cloves were um hosting diseases these elements in our phones are not they're not safe and the conditions are not there for people to safely dismantle phones which can be done but it's not
1: another thing that affects e-waste recycling industry is that the technology like we've talked about this at the start of the episode has made huge leaps and bounds last two decades so machinery is always outdated and replacing it is very expensive However, in recent years has almost slowed down. I think a lot of experts, I'm not a technology expert, but a lot of experts agree that massive leaps between technology is almost kind of over. There's not much difference between the two iPhones anymore, except it's slightly bigger, slightly smaller. Like the Yeah, technology- we're not going
0: from Nokia brick to iPhone whatever iphone we're on now like yeah they're all pretty much and we we complain that oh god phones are so similar nowadays but i guess it does have its pluses in a way
1: i mean what more do we need so yeah the big technology boom has slowed down a bit so once again recycling is not the perfect solution as always has to become with scrutiny however improper disposal of our old gadgets can create e-waste in landfills due to their inability to decompose. A phone will remain a phone. Approximately 57.4 million metric tons of e-waste was generated worldwide in 2021.
0: Which is crazy. And I'm guessing as well that leaving it in landfill to decompose, which it won't, it won't be safe
1: absolutely not this will lead to leaching where toxic chemicals will leach into the soil and contaminate the area e-waste can also contribute to global warming and as smartphone use grows we need to figure out once again proper channels of disposal
0: and with recycling not being the best one (laughs) as we find in a lot of our episodes we're so anti-recycling
1: we're not i mean i don't think we're anti-recycling but you Recycling should not be
0: hailed as the solution that it is. No, we do roast recycling a lot, but yeah, it's not the solution. Um, So speaking of recycling still, um, what about the battery in the phone that as the main part of the phone?
1: Research in Australia found that only 2% of the country's 3,300 tons of lithium-ion waste was ever recycled. My battery that I took out of my phone two years ago is still in my drawer. Based on all the research that I've now done on smartphones and proper smartphone disposal, it may have been a little bit dangerous that I did that in hindsight, <laughs> and I should probably just like having a almost exploded battery just
0: lying in my drawer is once again not the safest. Please don't do what Mar- I don't think we said this at the start. Don't attempt to do what Marie did. Or leave in your drawer. I had
1: a little mat. I had my special screwdrivers. I mean, I did it as safe as possible. You had a little mat. It's fine. She had a little mat. She's it was magnetic, so the screws <laughs> attached to it and everything. It's
0: very oh, nice. I love that. But yeah, but it's it's dangerous. Please don't try that at home.
1: <laughs> and the reason to this is also the fact that lithium ion waste can be very dangerous. There have been a number of fires at recycling plants where lithium ion batteries have been stored improperly or disguised as lead acid batteries and put through a crusher and then they just go explode. Problem with recycling any form of battery is that it has electrochemistry. It is hard to tell what stage a battery is at in its lifespan.
0: If my phone is just end of its life, what can I do with it? What's the best kind of practice?
1: The best practice is to bring it to an e-waste recycling facility if there is one in your area. Like if your phone is completely busted and you don't know what to do with it bring it to an e-waste recycling facility. There are other options as well.
0: So if my phone um maybe it does still have a bit of life in it maybe I maybe I'm like you and I'm just like I'm so done with my iPhone I want to go back to Android I can't stand this anymore what would you do with your iPhone that's still got a you know, got a bit of life in it. Someone could still use it. What's the best thing to do there?
1: So there are actually quite a lot of options. My personal favorite one is donating it to charity. I have a favorite charity called Choose Love that helps out refugees. Your old phone would go to a refugee who can use that phone to contact their family and let them know they're okay.
0: That's such a great idea. It is.
1: And there are plenty of other charities that do this as well. You can also look at companies that refurbish a model so they would maybe change the screen change the battery and sell it at a refurbished price but not at a new price
0: which i think is really good at the moment because phones are just getting more and more expensive kind of being able to buy a second hand phone or a phone that has been refurbished is a really good option so yeah definitely a company that will refurbish the phone and send and then sell it on is a really really good idea
1: and then lastly you could actually upcycle your phone if for example the screen still works you could maybe just use it as an alarm clock at the side of your bed if the camera still works you could use it as a security camera the screen is still intact you can maybe use it as an electronic picture frame and have like a little slideshow going about there are actually quite a lot of interesting ways you could upcycle your old phone if it's still in semi-working conditions
0: So that's really good for what to do with your phone once it's kind of absolutely busted or if you just want to give it another home. So now I'm without a phone and unfortunately I know there's a lot of situations where people do need to rely on a phone. What's the best course of action here, Marie? Because I was in this position last year and luckily um I've kind of borrowed a phone off my dad. So not, you know, kind of sustainable because I'm not buying a new one, but I was looking at buying a phone and my brain got a bit fried, if I'm honest, because I don't know what like the most like environmentally friendly phone is that I can have because inherently manufacturing a phone isn't brilliant for... The environment is there is there options out there because i do find the market's very flooded with iphone and androids and there's not much else
1: so we touched upon this in, in the other section buying a refurbished phone like buying a second-hand phone that's been refurbished is a great option because they they're cheaper than a new phone still great quality especially if you got it from a reliable supplier i mean eco-friendly phones do not exist but If you do want to get the most eco-friendly phone on the market, there is a company called Fairphone. Fairphone are really cool because they have designed their phone with a modular design, which means all the components of the phone are replaceable. This is not an ad, by the way. If they want to sponsor us, I would love to have a Fairphone, please.
0: I mean, Marie, after listening to your first story... I don't know if they'll want to sponsor you, (laughs) but I, I agree. That's, that's really, really cool. So is it essentially, if my batteries had its last day, I can safely, may I add, replace my battery.
1: Exactly. Or if you bought your phone last year and then since then a new camera has come out and it's way better quality, you can just replace the camera instead of
0: replacing the whole phone. phone. That's so clever. That's such a good idea. Fairphone
1: openly admits they have limits to their sustainability. They openly admit that they're working the system from the inside and there are few things they cannot control. However, they're One of their founders, when I was researching them, said something that sounded very familiar, which kind of got me on their side, where they said, well, the most sustainable phone is the one already in your pocket. It's a twist on what we say when it comes to sustainable fashion. They passed my test, and they make a good impression. However, Fairphone comes with a very steep price tag, and I currently cannot afford them so the one thing that i want like everyone to consider when buying new when buying a new phone with the knowledge that one day you will have to replace something on this phone and this is why i hate the iphone because iphones are impossible to get into and iphones also keep their manufacturers and their component secret it's very difficult to repair an iphone iFixit which is an incredibly good website it's also where i bought my replacement components when i fixed my phone rate repairability of electronics so any electronics so if you want to buy something i suggest you go on iFixit and they will tell you how easy it is to repair buy something with the intent to repair however there is a downside to this and that is that companies Apple, don't want you to repair your technology. They want you to buy new technology. So it's also really important to fight for our right to repair. Right now, right to repair laws are also a hot topic of conversation. The European Commission proposed last month a policy that will make it easier for people to access reparation services for households and appliances electronic goods, and that will include phones. The proposal will include wider availability for spare parts, reinforced legal guarantees, and better consumer contact with repairers. The right to repair concept is that if a person owns something and it breaks, it should be possible to have it repaired by a technician of your choice.
0: And this is why it's so important that we have conversations about this and that we use our voice to create these, help create these laws because we need them. This is how change is going to happen. Yes, it's great doing kind of all the stuff me and Marie suggested with the fair phones and donating phones, but also on in the long term, using your voice to get these laws kind of into fruition, really. I've said a lot during this episode that a lot of this echoes the fashion industry, which we talk a lot about. The same kind of thing applies there. It's the manufacturer's responsibility of the product. Making it, making it last, and then what to do with it. End of life.
1: That concludes our episode beautifully. Once again, thank you for listening. You can continue to follow the Sustainable Support Group on our socials. We have Instagram and Twitter. We would also really appreciate it if you would share this podcast around it really helps us out a lot
0: you can also follow me marie on our socials on instagram marie's instagram is life on mars and my instagram is Sustainable.
1: thank you for listening
0: see you soon